Hi, I'm Deepak Madnani, entrepreneur, problem solver, and amateur barista. I am on a mission to help forward-thinking entrepreneurs succeed and grow by understanding two simple rules. Crisis is a clarity opportunity, and the question is never really the question. Today, I am putting my barista skills to the test and sharing a cup of coffee with resilient problem solvers from all over the world. Let's get started. We're all facing this this uh, crisis, and if not this crisis, it's another crisis, right? That's just... It's the last couple of years, it just seems to be one after the other. It's just one after the other, right? So, and that's just the nature of the game, you know, and... um. And I was reaching out to my, my network, people I respect, people I know, people who have the kind of mindsets and longevity within this journey, right? So, John, I'm going to introduce you, but I'd like you to, to fill in the blanks as well, because, you know, I just know you as the founder and CEO of Indigo Retail. Okay, and I know there's a lot more behind John. And I know there's a story behind, I think, way back, you had mentioned where you took over the company as well, and then you made it what it is today. Hence the founder title, right? So, and this was how many years ago, John? Ooh, 2002, I started working with the company. So that was the start of that journey. That's, that's a long time to what you did of taking it over to, to what it is today, which is uh, retail stores all over Asia and the Middle East. It's one of the leading brands, if not the leading brand, the furniture retail brand in Hong Kong. You're, you're in the shop floor retail business. <laughs> retail and, uh, and project business, but yes, retail business. Yes, retail and, and project business. And John and I used to, it's not kayak, right? We call it... Outrigger canoeing? Outrigger canoeing, right? Because I guess it's the American and the English terms, right? Oh, yeah. Way, yeah yes, very much so. But still, still happening, still doing it. Yes, John's still doing it. I, I'm jealous. But that's, that's how we met because I, I used to do that too. We've got some beautiful waters out here in Hong Kong. So John, the, the first question. So yeah, thanks, thanks for being on this podcast. And as you say, as if, I, as if I'm not busy enough. But again, yeah, it's just, it's just the motivation factor, right? How can I help bring stories from other people that I know to help other entrepreneurs on this journey? What a great way to, to share because this whole podcasting technology has been amazing. It's just to have conversations. The guests are like fly on the walls conversations for people like us, people who know each other. So yeah. we, can, we, we can ask, no one's on, on defense. And what do you have in your hand, John? Why don't we tell the, what do you have in your hand? A very big glass of wine. I'm stuck in quarantine, 21 days, day seven. So, you know, this is sad. it's a sad story. I'm on day seven and already into my glass of wine in the afternoon. <laughs> well, Hong Kong quarantine, right? So that's the unfortunate thing about Hong Kong. We've got three weeks here coming in, right? Which is, uh, you know, I guess there's a lot of a lot of conversation around that, whether it's good, bad, right, wrong. Yeah. There's a number of different sides on it. But I've got two weeks to go. Ask me at the end of week three what I thought about it. And 10 kilos up with uh, all the cake you're uh, receiving. Yes, <laughs> yes. your uh-huh. wife. Very kind to send three pieces of cake to which I've snorkeled down rather quickly and won those, those huge pieces. Yeah, that's good cake, I tell you. And, and you do have an, an exercise bike and a rowing machine, right? So that's awesome. Find me here. So that's, uh, I eat the cake, get on the machine, eat the cake, get on the machine. So. <laughs> the uh, exercise equipment is there uh, for the cake. All right, John. John, uh, let's, let's kick off um, early days. How did you start, start with this and, and, and what happened? From, from the Indigo perspective, from the start there, I, I started working with Indigo at that time named Banyan Tree. So for some of the people that have been in Hong Kong for a long time, um, Banyan Tree was a retail store and was just starting to get into the project business. And I started working for them and opened a, a smaller business within their business. And from that, we started doing more and more projects. We started doing project rental, 
furniture rental. And the business grew from there. And eventually, I ended up sort of taking over the reins of Banyan Tree as well. So I was doing both of those businesses. And we combined them, merged them together in 2004 and rebranded as Indigo Living, which is what we are today. And then in 2005, I made a bid to buy the company from the then existing owners. Here we are, ended up with Indigo Living and then sort of moved it into Asia, well, actually into the Middle East first and then into Asia, uh, up into China. We publicly listed in 2018 on the GEMS board, and that's why I've got all this gray hair. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, been an incredible journey. Learned a lot, still learning a lot. This is it's so interesting when I when I speak with with entrepreneurs who've been through journeys and the milestones they hit, but they talk through the milestones as if they're brushing their teeth. Oh yeah, I, I just took over the company and expanded it in Asia, in Middle East, and and we listed. You know, it's it's, it's like you're brushing your teeth. You know, and everyone's be like, "What? <laughs> he did what? How? Who?" So the question there, John, leap of faith. You had a cunning plan to rule the world. How, how did you how did you approach this? What were you thinking? A lot of what I've learned in my entrepreneurial journey is trust your gut. And it took me a long time to, to sort of really sort of take that leap of faith and trust your gut. And, you know, starting to work with Indigo and Banyan Tree at the beginning, you know, it was at that point, it was it was just a job. I was sort of ex- helping expand the business and I didn't really have any plans to sort of do anything different, but I've always wanted to see a, a furniture store in Asia, a furniture store in Hong Kong that was that had a, a wider variety, changed its look, changed its feel. It kind of felt like the industry was a little bit stale at the time. And so when the opportunity came for me to buy into the business and eventually buy the whole business, I thought, all right, this is my chance to put my stamp on the look and feel of the business. And I don't think any entrepreneur ever works in a silo. They always work with great teams. They always work with great people. And, you know, that's one of the things that one of my investors, also an uncle that, um, or an uncle-in-law, I guess, one of the things he told me is hire people that are smarter than you. Mm. That's one of the things I've always, you know, trust your gut, hire, hire people that are smarter than you and, and, and listen to them. It can be easy, I think, on an entrepreneurial bent to, to sort of go charging down a road and and think, I know, I got this, I know this, everything's, I, I can figure it out, I don't need anybody. And the journey is much easier when you've got a group of like-minded people with the same the same sort of goal, all heading down the same road. And as far as that, that journey of building that team, or getting that, that team then, let's, let's talk about that. Because early on, I, was, I always found that hit or miss on teams, number one. And then we, we can even take that further into collaborations and partnerships. I also found that hit and miss. And again, this learning curve, oh, the learning curve, I wish could be less painful sometimes, especially the stuff that I've been through. And everybody would do it if it was. I mean, if it was simple and easy and not painful, there, everybody in the world would be an entrepreneur. I mean, that's that point then, right? Exactly. Um, but tell me about this, this journey of uh, team building. How was that approached? What are some of the bigger learning points there for you? Um, well, I mean, when I, when I started, when I, when I first sort of bought the company and we had an opportunity to do a project in the Middle East, you know, as, as a lot of, I think, entrepreneurs, they think someone asked them a question, oh, can you do this? And you're like, well, why not? Of course yeah. I can. Maybe you've never done it before. You've only done part of it before. And, you know, that was that was one of the big things that happened to me when I was first in the Middle East in Dubai. I was approached by a group. They said, we'd like you to 
design a hotel for us. Can you can you do that? And I said, of course I can. <laughs> and uh, having designed homes and and you know smaller projects, I thought, well, you know, why not? Yeah. And so you know, I came back and I I thought, all right, what do I need? And I, I that's where I think your the opportunity to talk to people that you've you know, the network you've built, the support group around you. Maybe they don't work with you, but you know people in the industry. You've got friends. You've got friends of friends. And so I started reaching out, and I started to understand what was necessary to, to be able to, to do that job and uh, very quickly realized that there's no way I could do it on my own or even with a smaller team. So, you know, you group in friends. You group in like-minded people, and you put your head down, and you, and you, and you work towards that goal. And... I think in a lot of cases, those people, as you're working with them, become part of the journey and therefore at times then all of a sudden become part of the, the team. Mm. And finding the right people for the team, as you said, is can be hit and miss, can be difficult. And again, a lot sometimes that's a gut feeling. You sit down with somebody and you start working with them. You have the right concept and you just click and you think, all right, that's going to work. One of the other things, though, is if it doesn't work, and this is something that I'm still learning is if it doesn't work, you have to make that tough decision very quickly and move on to the to um, what is going to work. Pulling along or, or having the distraction of, of somebody that's not 100% behind you or with you or, or providing you the support you need is it's like swimming with an anchor on your ankle. It's so it's well, I can't say it's so easy, but what I find harder are the or, or what took me a while to learn. Um, and, and like you, I'm still learning, but I'm, I am, I'm, I'm getting better at it, especially now at this stage of my life, was that the account statement isn't the only measure of result. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now that we're publicly listed, it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the official there, statement. <laughs> there is definitely a, you know, a softer side of the whole business and the entrepreneurial side. You know, you've got to have building a business, a successful business, it comes with a number of things. And in our motto at, at Indigo Living is live beautifully. Talk about this all the time. And it, it on the surface, it looks like, okay, live beautifully, have beautiful furniture, have beautiful things. That's what it means. But for us, it's much deeper than that. And it's much, it's much stronger. It's sort of how do you live beautifully within yourself, within your community, within your family, within your peer group? That includes working, supporting, donating, all of those things that come along with as you grow you still want to stay attached, grounded, and and part of that that whole community that helped you grow. You don't want to be one of these guys that, hey, I've made it. I'm sitting mm. on a pedestal, and you forget where you came from. You forget the journey. You forget the people on the journey. You forget the community that helped you get there. We're so focused on the bottom line. We're so focused on driving. We're so focused on the ambition that having more color on that kind of result. What, what, does re, what does result mean? What does KPI mean? I mean, one thing for sure for me would have been the team. So just exactly what, what you're talking about. So we talk about investing in the project. We talk about having an ambition. But part of that ambition is hire a partner, collaborate with the smartest people, you know, and then have a criteria for that going forward. And that's yeah. part of your assets that you're, that you're building up almost, Right. Yeah, I mean, those assets are, I think, are much more valuable than the computers, the inventory, that, that kind of stuff. Those are the people or those are the, those assets and those people are, are what gets you to where, where you want to go or helps you help you get 
in drive in that direction. You know, I keep saying it, you can't do it alone. You've got to, you got to keep building, keep driving, but, but you also have to keep your eye on the, on, on the, the end zone, the end game, where you're going, because it can get to a point where if it gets too familiar and, you know, it gets a bit too soft and a bit too squishy, then it's really hard to drive in the right direction. And generally, as you're building your team, they have the same drive and they have the same sort of goals as you. And that, and that's why you build that team. So that's an interesting point, right? So, so that's the, that's the ambition and growth point of view, right? So you shared about that, that project in, in the Middle East that was completely out of your comfort zone, right? But then as the entrepreneurial leader, it's these creative challenges that let's use the word, bring out the best, bring out, bring out our talents, right? So that's the, that's the game that we're playing in. And, and, and you have to, I think you have to nurture those talents that are within, within your team. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs, and you read a lot of books about the different entrepreneurs that came up, whether it's, you know, Steve Jobs or, you know, Zuckerberg, any of those guys. I mean, obviously I'm not comparing myself to them because they've done a lot better, but there are certain traits within an entrepreneur that are good. And there's also traits within most entrepreneurs and most successful entrepreneurs that some people find difficult because, you know, as an entrepreneur, you can have this idea and this vision and this drive and you have to be aware of how you push that because if you're not careful, it can be like a steamroller and you can roll over people without really noticing it or without thinking about it, pushing towards the goal because you're so focused. So you, you need to be aware of the, the human capital that's around. But at times, and um, you know, you talk to my staff and at times I can be, I can be a tough manager. Mm. I can be a, a, a tough taskmaster because if it doesn't get done or we don't see it getting done right, then it, it doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, in terms, in, terms, in terms of these metrics before, I used to always look at... Um, so, okay, wait, first, first on, on these asset-wise, there's a tool that I've... Now it comes up in, in, in every conversation so far that I've had, this, this growth edge. So the, the growth edge is this new, the new coaching that I'm, that I'm doing. Everything's going on under that. But this growth edge balance sheet is, is the tool that I, that I have all entrepreneurs work on when they're going through... I'm going to use the word transition. Yeah. And transition to me has almost four aspects. You're either starting up, you're either pivoting, you're restructuring, or you're growing. Okay. Yeah. Those are like the phases, you know, and, and that kind of makes sense. That can be within projects in a business, or it can just be the business overall. And like in a, in a crisis like COVID, you're doing all four, you know? And then, and then what we forget is, you know, we're so stressed. Crisis re- reduces the, the kind of picture, the focus, you know, you're so stressed, you forget what you have around you. So this tool is basically looking at evaluate. So, so basically take a break, right? Evaluate your experiences your talents and skills, your relationships, yeah. your resources. And then there's, there's this term that, that people use in different ways, unique value, value proposition, unique ability. There's a coaching program that I'm a part of that uses this word unique ability because it's understanding the game you're playing and how you are playing that game. Because how you play that game is different compared to everybody, everybody else, right? I yeah. mean, and that's why personally, when, you know, this, and that's why the, I, I love this coaching program is called a uh, strategic coach, but there's no concept of competition. John and I are potentially competitors, but because we have a relationship, I can approach a collaboration in the right way that, that can, and, and likewise, that can benefit the both of us because entrepreneurs collaborate. And I think 
that's one thing that I learned also recently is how, how am I playing that game? That's the magic that I'm bringing to the table. And everyone is bringing magic to the table. It's yeah, I mean, you, you have a great way of bringing people together and, and sort of reaching out and talking and saying, oh, I, I know somebody who's doing this and maybe uh, you can meet with that person or these are my ideas. And for you as an entrepreneur, you know, you, you've got that, you seem to have ideas just bubbling up out of the ground mm. by your feet, mm. which is, I always find very impressive. It's, I'm now sort of at a straight stage in my career and in my life where I've got this project that I'm, you know, yeah. into, that I'm working on now. And I'm, you know, I've got all these other ideas kind of out around the edges that I'd love to yeah. be able to do. Yeah. But, you know, there's right now, and especially at this time, you really have to focus on what you're doing and what you're good at and, and what's going to keep the, the business moving forward. But you're, you seem to have the multi, be able, able to multitask. Well, well, no, let's, let's, let's also put it in context, right, John? So put it this way, I'm coming up. So yeah, let's, let's, let's take this as a practical example. I'm coming up with an idea, but I had this idea a year ago, okay? I had this idea a year ago, and then six months ago, I said I wanted to ping you. But because I'm go- I was going through, or I still am, reorganization phase. Yeah. So an idea can be premature. And I think we did meet. I think I was with my wife and we bumped into each other at, yeah. at your shop, right? At, at, at Indigo. And I said, I've got to get back to you. But I didn't because I wasn't ready. And, uh, and I know the whole world's like, you know, reorganizing and reacting to, to, to COVID. But um, I've also been through this point where, so, so now I'm also tying back to the point about our assets and people where I think A, everyone's had to, I use this word, get fit versus lose weight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, we are losing weight as part of getting fit. If, if that's what you need, but losing weight is part of getting fit, right? You know, if, if, if we're watching metrics properly, it's body fat, strength, flexibility. So there's, there's multitudes to it. Right. And it's not just strength training, right? It's watching what you eat, blah, blah, blah. The trainers you have with you, the coaching programs that you keep changing, but all that needs monitoring and measuring and you want to keep motivated. Right. Last year, I went through also a people reorganization. I went through a partnership, a client, a collaboration, and then my team reorganization. So, I mean, that's reorganizing the business and just who I am as, as a person, right? I mean, that's what crisis does. When you're so busy, you don't have the time to, to do what you need to do, which is to, it's a cleanup house. I did exactly the same with us. You know, we, we were growing as a company and everything was fine. And, yeah. you know, we're plugging along and then all of a sudden you, have a crisis, whether it's political, whether it's medical, <laughs> COVID, or, or whether it's, you know, a trade war type of thing. And then it brings you, it sort of sharpens everything, brings everything back into focus. And you realize, wow, you know, I've, I've been coasting and, I, and you kind of look down and you go, I've got this big tire around my waist. Now I'm in a race or I'm in a, in a, in a competition where I need to be a little faster, a little more yeah. agile, a little bit, you know, a little bit more on top of things. So you, you need to figure out how do I lose this tire, as you mentioned. And, you know, you look at your company and say, what are my opportunities to get to, to make my company a, a more fit? And then who, who, who needs to be on this journey as well? Because, you know, uh, and unfortunately, but this is the reality of, of our leadership. Some are good at growth. Some are good at pivot. Some are good at maintaining. Some are good at restructuring. But some are not good at, at these aspects. And we went through a get, uh, and we're still going through a, 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 a get fit, fit period, but we're at the tail end of it. But this is, it's almost like this toolbox we've got to keep having, right? 
what I was, I think uh, we, I was talking to somebody as an entrepreneurship and yeah, everyone has this example, right? Jumping off a cliff with the hand glider kit as you're trying to assembling, assemble it on the <laughs> way down, right? <laughs> exactly. Hopefully the cliff is high enough or you're quick enough to assemble. One of the two. <laughs> God, God knows what happens, right? Yeah. All right, John, come, come to now, come to now. And so just to give context to everybody, I, I know what John's talking about. We've been through the Hong Kong political crisis so streets occupied, protests, trade wars, which caused pricing and supply chain challenges, China-U.S. trade wars, even though your business isn't, isn't but it is, it is indirectly impacted. Of course, COVID, I mean, it's just boom, right? One, one after, and you're in retail, okay? Yeah. Give us context. How is, how is John approaching it today? Well, I'm, I'm going by the, the old saying of things come in threes. So we've had okay. our three and... You know, everything's hopefully getting better. Okay. Uh, we do. We do see. You know, we do see a light at the end of the tunnel. It, it's a small pinprick. It's not blinding yet. Vaccinations are happening. People are getting back into the shops. People are as a furniture retail. I guess in some respects, we've had some concept of people redoing their homes or looking at their homes. I don't think it's 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 a, it's been as big as it has been in maybe the US and Europe and maybe Australia, but there still is, we're still getting a little bit of that. So I feel fortunate that, you know, we're able to have that, but because we have retail, because we have B2B, which is our project side of our business, corporate sales, we're working with a lot of developers. We're working with a lot of hospitality people and they've really been hit hard. Mm, Yeah. We are starting to see rumblings of people saying, Hey, we're now starting to think, what are we doing? Vaccines are getting there. People are starting to think, Maybe travel is going to come back, or at least we'll be a little freer. You know, some of the restrictions will be left, lifted. So, you know, we've got a sort of short term, keep lights on, keep things moving. We've got our medium term where we're looking and saying, all right, where are we going to be in six months? And then we've got our longer term that's sort of, you know, one year, two year, five year kind of thing, which is nobody has a crystal ball. But so it's great, John. I mean, it sounds like uh, you're not a deer in the headlights, right? This no. is. If you're deer in the headlights, you've already been hit by the car and you're, you're out. Yeah, right, right. Oh. And, I, and I think this is, this is what speaks to your longevity, John. And I'm just, I'm just highlighting that because it's, it's my observation. I'm outside of your storm, you know. But I think that's what speaks to your longevity, that ability to, to navigate. And, I, and of course, I, everything I, I look at is in context to other people, in context to myself. I tend to be the kind of guy that shoots first and then asks questions later, which... I'm toning that down, put it that way, okay? <laughs> but, um, but having that ability, and that, that, that's a natural ability as well, to, to navigate, I think, is what allows you to, I mean, you're in retail, again, I keep coming back to that, right? And you're in you know, physical shop retail. I think, I think that's the kind of mindsets that, that will allow you to see you through this stronger. That's what I see, John. What do you think about that? I mean, and I want to bring it back to, I may be the chairman and founder, but there are, there's a lot of people yeah. beneath me that are beside me, beneath me, you know, beneath me doesn't sound right, but that work with yeah, me. Around you. Yeah, definitely. Around me. That's yeah. a better word. They're the ones that every day down together and we talk with our BU managers, what are we doing? What's going on in the market? What are other people doing? How do we get through this? What's going on with our landlords? You know, what's going on with, with B2B, B2C? The only way that I think I'm able to get through it is with the support of these people. So yes. they, they're really working in the business and mm. I see myself working on the business. Yeah. 
So, yeah. you know, it, it's at times people are always standing saying, well, what are you doing? You're not in, you're, I'm, in I'm in the office, but you know, you're not necessarily in this meeting. You're not in that meeting. And I'm, I keep saying, if I have to be in all of the meetings, then you're not the right person. <laughs> you know, it's like you were, yeah. you were, you were brought on to work with me. And if I have to be there to manage you, that's, you're not the right person. So we have a lot of people that are self-sufficient. They're brilliant. They, they know what they're doing. And we touch base daily or, or, or weekly, depending on the, on the BU. And we have our, our weekly meetings to sort of figure out where we're going and what we're doing. And I think that's the best way to navigate through this. I, I, I also think for a lot of entrepreneurs, the fact that they have been in the game for so long, they don't realize that that itself is an accomplishment. <laughs> Maybe. It's, it's funny. You know, you think about it. I've been at least this business, it's been just over 20 years or maybe, yeah, getting, well, when I first started, but when I took over maybe 15 years now running it, running the show with myself and, and the people that I'm working with, but it, you do, you do kind of forget that this is your day to day stuff. And these are yeah. all the, the hurdles you go through and all the things you knock down and all the, the ideas and things and how you pivot, how you change, as you said, I think, wow, could have I been a, a partner in another way? What would, how would I have done if I was just a person working with, let's say an entrepreneur, another entrepreneur. And I wasn't an entrepreneur. If I just decided that I was, was happy to be um, working in a company. And I think I probably would have probably would have been fired many times over. <laughs> There's this old adage, right? Entrepreneurs make shitty employees, right? So I, I would agree with that. And I bet you if you ask probably 95% of my staff, they would say, oh my God, yes. That is the perfect term. <laughs> would, would you say entrepreneurship was a decision or that's something that you just did normally? No, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a decision. I, I just think it's something that's, my father was definitely an entrepreneur. He did a lot of different businesses, bought, sold, grew different okay. businesses. And I, you know, I worked for him for a number of different businesses and that's just how I saw business. You know, I saw coming in, building, hopefully taking charge and then, you know, doing things on your, on your own or, or, you know, doing things, doing things how you think that they should work. So definitely not a decision. I just think it was a, a natural progression, at least for me. Mm, mm. So that, yeah, that's what, that wasn't one of those things where you wake up one day and it's like, you know, let, let me try running my own business. No, that was just, it's just normal for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, there's some, you know, there's, I've known some really smart people and, and, and they've done exceptionally well in their field, but not as an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. As, that's working within an organization yeah. and they've amazing amounts to that organization. But you know, as I said before, working within a business or working on a business is very different. And I think an entrepreneur is always working on the business mm. and you dip down into the business to get what's going on. And then you come back up. Otherwise, it's very easy to get lost in the weeds or lost in the, in the trees. You know, you can't see the trees through the forest. So, John, then, then here, here's another dilemma entrepreneurs face. And this was my issue way back. But of course, building relationships, as you kindly notice, is, is what I do. I enjoy that. I enjoy, I feed off collaborative relationships. And, and in fact, that's, that's my mantra uh, as of last year going forward. And just to touch on crisis, by the way, I think back in 1999, November, December, everyone's budgets for 2000 was already projecting like a minimum of 20 to 30% growth, right? Business was booming, right? For yeah. yeah, business, I know. Business, it was a different, different, I mean, just looking back at 
December or even now till that moment, I'm like, boh. Yeah, it was just, it was a giant kick in the gut or punch in the gut very suddenly. But, but you know, it gave me permission to do so much of stuff that I had avoided doing. I don't know about you, but so much reorganizing that I just needed to, you know, you've been running a business for 20 years and you've been in the business for 20 years. So you have that longevity. There's a lot of baggage. There's a lot of. I was going to say for 20 years, you wouldn't believe how much it builds up and you say, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Right. You just never do. And then this happens and you're like, wow, I really have to deal with this now. And you think, what would my business have been? Or how different would it have been if I'd actually dealt with some of these things five years ago? Would I be, yeah. you know, how much better off would I be? Because the good years that were there might have been great years because we dealt with certain things. But as I said, sometimes you get a little bit complacent. You've worked really, really hard. And every now and again, you think, you know, I just need to take my foot off the gas for a couple of months just to sort of catch my breath get a view of everything, take stock of what's going on. And then, you know, you put your pedal back down and you're off again. And uh, I think this, this set of crises that have gone on or crises that have happened has, has really allowed maybe people like both of us to be able to sort of refocus and, and re get slightly re-energized in certain areas yeah. and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do going forward. Part of this going forward is, is, so I was touching on that creative ambitious collaborations. And one thing I, I learned is um, from all this tidying up, one thing I've learned from all this tidying up is that I'm much better at learning <laughs> now, okay? I'm much better, I'm much better learning. And that's why I want to ask you, because, you know, and, and hence, so in, in, in these masterminds that I run, I, you know, w- one of the things that I say is a uh, crisis is just a performance indicator. Yeah, that's a just, good point. Just, just use it as a performance indicator. And then with that mindset, what would I have done differently? And then just to touching on what you just said, you know, the, on the, in the last five years, if I would have done, or even 10 years, you know, if I would have just handled these things a little differently, because those were crisis moments, but I think they weren't big enough for us to care about or to change. Exactly. They, they were kind of bumps in the road rather than chasms in the road. You can kind of, you bump over them and you think, oh, okay. But then soon enough, they're kind of gone and you're worrying about the next thing where now it's sort of, bang, you've hit a wall and you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I get around or over this wall? And then and you have to do some, some fundamental changes within the business. And, and I'm also less forgiving now. And, and that doesn't mean I'm less tolerant because, well, and that, again, that famous adage, right? You get what you tolerate. And I realized I was tolerating so much. Yeah. And that's like, I could have just had, and, and you know, we've all been given minimum 30% of our time back. Minimum, right? Minimum. Yep. Just, you just take out the travel, right? People like us. Just you just take out the travel and the tiredness that goes with that travel, right? So 30% of our time, and we can still run and grow a business and run a profitable business. I mean, who, who, would, have, who would have even believed that? If I told you that 1999, John, you don't need to travel. You're traveling too much. Take 30%. Take three months of the year off. Deepak, you are crazy. You have no idea running a business. I'm getting away from you, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. I would have said, not a chance. I'm, I'm, I'm late for my flight. See you. <laughs> But, but imagine, I mean, imagine what's, what's been, I can't say forced upon us, but imagine, what, what, imagine the opportunities that we're just not seeing around us, right? But I, I have a, everybody is sort of saying, oh, you know, when this, is, when this all finishes, people aren't going to travel. Everybody's going to work from home. It's going to be much less frenetic. 
And I, maybe for some people, but I, I see it, it's a, it's a slippery slope back into that, that sort of go, 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 yeah. go run, run, yeah. run. And it's going to be very difficult for people, a lot of people, not to slide back into that sort of lifestyle. You know, yeah. I'd, like to, I'd like to see it a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more focused and a little more sort of working harder on the things that matter rather than yeah. just touching everything and really not dealing with it. It's just kind of touch, 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 and not necessarily being in the moment or, or being present so mm. that you can deal with what's really important rather than just popping into a meeting. Hey, da, 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 gotta go another meeting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another meeting. And you never, you never really get anything really accomplished. You just get, you do enough to sort of cover the bumps, not actually fix the solution. And, and I, I think that's where we are going to need a much more, let's use the word enlightened or, or awake KPI, you know, set of KPIs. It's not about number of hours work. It's not about, yeah, the money is, is, is the result and the speed is what we're going for. I, I get that, right? But I'd like to know with my teams, how much time are they getting to rest? How much time are they getting to, to be creative in, in that job that they're doing? You know, and, and, and really, one thing that we've gotten really good at as a, as a business, I use this word internally, it's called the, the strategic focus, where that's all we do and nothing else. Even though no matter what, I, and I know, I know you're talking about the goals and stuff, but we have such a tendency to add stuff. I think that's one of the biggest downfalls in an entrepreneurial business is knowing when to stop yeah. adding, when to stop saying, yeah. oh, this is a great idea. Let's just try this. Oh, let's go down that road. Let's, let's add this in. It won't take very much time and effort. Let's do this. And yeah. I, I have a reputation in, the, in, the, in my office of, you know, it's like, oh, there's another sparkly object and I'm off yeah. and I'm like, oh, over here yeah. and the object over here. And you have to have a, a team that's able to kind of tether you a little bit so that mm. you use that energy within the business to, yes. to help the business forward and not just, oh, we'll try that. Oh, we'll try this. I mean, if you had multiple millions or billions of dollars and you came up with an idea, you can just get a team and off you go. Try that. Yeah. Try there's some entrepreneurs that do that you know yeah. and they, have, they come up with amazing concepts probably eight out of ten fail but yeah. two are, are are winners and that's why i also talk a lot about this concept of protecting protecting our time energy and focus okay. that that itself goes into a strategy that's part of my hr plan when we when we look at the workload plans of our teams we look at capabilities so the right people in the right jobs are they doing the right thing are they succeeding or not succeeding because they're not capable or not succeeding because they just need to learn it more? We talk about capability and then we talk about the workload and capacity. And then we talk about their focus. When we look at all these activities that they're doing, are they actually spending the time in the areas that they need to be spending on? And you'll get this with, with ambitious people. I want to do everything. And, and I can do everything. And I can, and yeah. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to explain to them that you may think you can yeah. and Maybe you can, but these are my priorities for yeah. you, or these are the priorities we're working on together. Yeah. You know, one, two, three, four, five. And when you get the first three done, we'll add another, you know, and add another two or three on the bottom. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not giving you a list of 40 things to do and you just bounce around like a yo-yo on you know, which ones you're working on. Well, that, that it, was us, right? That was us, right? That, that was us as well, like 10 years ago, right? Just, just, yeah, just. You know, and and it's, at times it's, it's still, it still is us, although 
we're getting better and better at focusing on what's important and, and saying these are the top five. And within those five, there may be subsets of other, other groups. But yeah. And if we start to waver off of those, usually somebody's clever enough to say, wait, 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 is that really what we want to do right now? And we look at it and say, oh, you're right. No, we want to go back to here, but that's interesting. So we'll just park it or we'll actually just scratch it out depending on, you know, depending on what it is. Yes, yes. So we still have a lot to do, John. <laughs> I know. You're much younger than I am. So you'll be, you'll be, uh, you'll have more energy than me. I, I don't know if much younger. I feel like I'm catching up to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I don't think it quite works that way, but uh, it would be nice if I could stop and uh, have everybody catch up. You're looking good, John. You're looking good. So that's, that, that's always good to know. Well, it's all that paddling. You got to come back to outrigger canoeing. It, uh, it keeps you fit, keeps you healthy. And, you know what? Uh, You're right. You're right. That is, uh, and it's, uh, I, I, mean, I don't know what you have as a, a counterbalance for your entrepreneur and your work, but for me, I need to play as hard as I work or at least have a distraction or yeah. something that I can get my mind off of the, out of the office and on, for me, I'm on the water and I'm paddling yeah. flowers every couple of days. And it, you know, it just, and it actually, it helps for, for my work. You know, yeah. I come back in, I'm cleaner, I'm fresher, I'm ready to go rather than just exhausted and thinking, oh my God, I've got so much to do. I mean, that's, that's part of the protection and recovery equation, right? Exactly. So, so you know, that is uh, so important, uh, this recharge. And it's interesting because it's almost counterintuitive. I need them to work every single hour of the day versus how much time are you getting to rest? Are you stressed? Okay, take some time off. And it's like people struggle to, to, to understand that different, but even entrepreneurs struggle to understand that, right? Well, I mean, right. that's because we're always on. Yeah, I mean, right. Which is as, a problem. Yeah. As the owner or the entrepreneur or the boss or however you want to call it, we are, you're on 24 hours a day and you, and you can't, you, you, you can't, almost feel like you can't take that time off. Whereas, you know, you can't expect that from, you know, the people you work with. They have lives, they have families, they have other, other interests. And, you know, you may say, well, I'm working on the, this weekend. And you have yeah. to be fair and, and they, they, need, they need quality of life. Definitely, definitely. But, uh, but no, to answer that, that question, no, I'm, uh, yeah, I got back into yoga. That helped running. I got a trainer, so I got fit again. So there's, there's just different things. I play, oh, I play tennis. I learned tennis. So that's something because the family's doing it as well. So I figured uh, that'll get me. And it's a, it's a sport that people tend to play when they get older as well. So it won't injure me. Until and, your um, knees go out. Yeah. Well, well so, so that, hence, hence the training, you, right? You got another 20 or 30 years until that happens. So you're good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good for now. Uh, hi, but the, the hiking has been great in Hong Kong, right? We've had such tremendous oh, no. weather. The city is fantastic for that there's so many trails that you know you don't even know that are there yeah so i i literally explore every, i keep saying every nook and cranny of hong kong because we haven't been able to travel yeah john last question it's a twist of a question you've probably heard but what would you what advice would you have told yourself 20 or 10 years ago but that you would have actually listened to oh listen to well i would have, i would have said trust your gut but i probably wouldn't have listened to that if, yeah. if that's something that you just have to learn you can't yeah, right? say that i think maybe Get a second opinion from somebody that you you trust and that uh, you you really admire what they've been doing. And I think I would also say get some mentors. 
really, really find some people out there that are able to, to sort of guide you, give you some advice, direct you, connect you, that type of thing. It's just, it makes life so much easier when you've got, as an entrepreneur, you've, you've come up with against all of these questions. And if you don't have someone to turn to, you know, you just have to make that decision on your own. And sometimes you'll make the decision after, you know, the decision you were originally going to make after talking to everybody, because you just feel that that's the right thing to do. And that's the way of an entrepreneur. But having people, other entrepreneurs, other people that are professionals in their industry, find some mentors, find and, and build your network. I mean, I think you, you set yourself up with a, an amazing set of people that admire you and you have a network and, and you know, with people you admire. And everybody's, as you said, entrepreneurs are slightly individualistic in what they're doing. But when you get a group of entrepreneurs together, all bets are off. Everybody, all the secrets come out, all the, the horror yeah. stories, successes, and everybody's super eager to help. That's, that's great. And, and, and for the record, I didn't tell John to say that last point about, about get a mentor, because that's the beat that I drum out every time, right? About mentors. And in fact, this growth edge coaching that I've paperclip, the startup campus, the entrepreneur stuff, the incubator, et cetera, it has now evolving more into this, this new coaching that I'm doing called, uh, it's not active and it's, uh, it's something that I'll be launching more formally later, but it's called Growth Edge. Mm-hmm. And they're actually based on masterminds for experienced entrepreneurs because yeah. I don't, I mean, that's one thing. I, I don't know how people do it alone. Uh, that is one thing that I, I, I don't even admire it so much. I'm just curious. How do, how do entrepreneurs, because we are solo beasts because we, we, we want our freedom and we want to run our business. I get that. But these journeys may not, may not repeat, but they do rhyme, you know, yeah. you know, when we, when we, when we talk about entrepreneurship and, and journeys and um, there's so much insight that's just like, you know, just do it this way or, you know, you're going to figure this out in three years. Tell and, me now. <laughs> and, but you know, well, one thing is you, you can get the advice because the advice has always been out there. It's are you, well, A, it's like there's too much advice. And then B, are you going to listen to it? Are you receptive to, to the advice that's given? And yeah. You think, oh, this person has no idea what they're talking about. I mean, it's like, it's, you know, you have kids. I have kids. We were kids. And yeah. you know, my, my father was always running, ran many successful businesses. And he, a lot of the time he'd be like, okay here's what we're going to do. Da, 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 da. And I said, well, that's not what you're actually doing. Yeah. He's like, no, no, do what I say, not what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I always laugh at that. And, I, and I, I've heard myself telling that to my kids a couple of times now. And I'm just like, Oh God, here I am turning into my father. But you know, some of the things, some of the advice that gets handed down through the ages gets handed down because it's darn good advice. I mean, I mean, uh, totally. And again, I, I come back to this uh, a coaching group that's inspired me to get, to get back into coaching because I kind of left it with, with Paperclip. Paperclip was, was, it's basically shut down. I've still got my, some angel investments um, as they are. Once, one's doing super well. The other, uh, the ones are pretty much quiet. Still got the office space and, and all that fun stuff. But um, th- this coaching program that I'm a part of has inspired me to get back into coaching purely because I enjoy this aspect of collaboration and relationships and seeing people collaborate. But I, I guess, look, it's a point of learning and you get to meet great people. Yeah. Um, and this is the kind of network I want to be. This is the kind of people I want to be around. Yeah. And, that's, and that's also interesting, right? It's, it's, it's what's your tribe number. But there's, there's still the ambition, right? And just like we say, we need to surround ourselves with good people. The thing that I learned from this coaching group is like other entrepreneurs are good people. Collaborate with them. 
So it's it's, a, it's not a one plus one equals two. It's a one. It's a one and one that makes eleven. You know that kind of like a, a corny statement, but it is just that. And it's like yeah, because everyone's got their ambition and everyone knows they can't do it alone. And everyone has been through the journey. The fact that they've lasted this long means they kind of know what they're doing. And it's just it's just a really interesting way to look at the world. Yeah, I mean, there's I, I get no bigger kick than somebody comes to me and says, oh, you know, I really want to do this. I'm trying to do that. Da, da, da. And I'm like, okay. We had a gentleman that worked for us for a little while and, you know, he was good at his job, but he had other passions and he was really passionate about artwork. That was, he went to school as an artist and he really wanted to to do, to get into artwork. And he started, we were talking one day and he he said, this is what I really want to do. And I said, well, why don't you do it? And he's like, well, I don't know. And I said, all right, you go out, we'll give you our seasonal looks. You create artwork for us for Indigo and we'll be your first customer. Mm. And so he went out and, and he started working and, you know, he's asking questions. How do I do this? What do we do? Can you help me with that? Any suggestions? And he's now, you know, he's now living in Bangkok. He has a, a thriving art business. He's selling to hotels over around the world. He's doing a bunch of really cool stuff. You know, we still buy from him. He still does designs for us. And uh, for me, I love that, you know, the idea that I was able to give some advice to, to help somebody do that. For me, that that's my biggest reward, you know, my yeah. business, all oh, that's great. But I love the idea of just being able to sort of, I don't know, it's, it's not, I'm, I wouldn't be the one that made them successful at all. That's them. Yeah. But hopefully help them get the journey started anyway and help yeah. them a little ways along when they had advice, they call and say, hey, what do you think? Should I do this or should I do that? But, you know, it's, it's all them, but it's kind of fun to be a little bit part of that journey. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's that sharing because you're actually, I mean, what's, you're actually growing within that, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's technically how it's, I mean, maybe you're not seeing it directly, but indirectly, yeah. I mean, that sharing part is, is, is what we do as entrepreneurs, actually. I mean, we're, we're leading teams, right? Exactly. So it's, and it's nice to be, able to, to be able to pass on the knowledge. A lot of the time, I, somebody will ask me something and I'll talk to my wife and say, oh my God, what? I, I know nothing about that. And what do I know about that? She's like, come on. You did this, you did that, you tried this, it failed there, yeah. but you had that change. You've got a lot of advice to give that person, you know, call them back, talk to them, go have a coffee. Sometimes the, the conversations that you have, you don't really feel like you've given the golden nugget, but it's sort of what they can pull out of it sometimes is priceless for them. For entrepreneurs like us, I feel we also need masterminds still because there's so much inside sure. us. There's so much inside us that we also, we want to express, we want to do, we still have the capabilities. And, you know, I, I think I think we're also lucky. It's one of the professions that you do get better as you get older. Well, you get, you get wiser and you make, maybe you yeah. make, you're the same, but you make less mistakes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, isn't isn't that what a lot of life is about? I mean, it's not about not making mistakes; it's making almost less of them, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, avoiding some of the big potholes that you you ran over as a youth. And- oh, juice! I mean, I mean, that's the I mean, that's some of the sage advice, right? Interesting, interesting stuff. John, thank you. That was uh, that was really cool. Yeah, it's, it's always a pleasure. I, I enjoy our conversations immensely. Thank you for joining the conversation today. Did you have any moments of clarity? I would love for you to rate and review this episode. Your feedback is crucial to tailoring this content for your growth needs. If you would like to hear more, please be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn and or message me on dm at deepakascoffee.com.